0: It's important to balance the best practices of each generation and to mix it because we are all working in the same boat, let's say. We are all in the same company with the same goals and everyone is complementary with the other.
1: You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Letizia. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations podcast.
0: Thank you, Benjamin.
1: Letizia, great to have you in the show. Could you give me a short overview of who you are and what you are doing?
0: So my name is Letizia Persano. I am Lean Champion for ST Microelectronics for five years. My role as Lean Champion is to define and identify what are the change needs of the organization in order to help the organization to reach its goals and improve the performance of the fab.
1: Letizia, help me to understand a little bit better what lean is about. So we often use it when we are in the factory or in the shop floor, but I think there are a little bit different perspectives on lean. How would you explain lean to a six-year-old to make it very simple?
0: Okay, so if you imagine a cake factory, you have to help the different workers of this cake factory to go together. So the first optimization that lean can do is to reduce wastes. So using less flour or bake one minute less in order to reduce all the wastes of waste of time, waste of resources in general. The second pillar of lean is to reduce the variability. If I cook my bake for 20 minutes, it always cook in the well way. It's not overcook or not cook enough. And the third pillar of lean is to improve flexibility. So to mix the ingredient in one way or the other, I can get the same result in order to be more reactive on the external changes that can happen in the baking process.
1: Okay, so you name that three pillars to understand better what lean is. You are a lean manager, so you are caring about lean all day long in your factory, in your plant. Help us to understand how your factory is looking like or the production plant. If I would visit you and you would guide me through the factory, how is it looking like? How are you producing? How many people would I see within the factory?
0: Okay, so ST Microelectronics is a worldwide company which produce microchips for mainly two big businesses that are automotive and Internet of Things. It is, as you know, a very solicitated sector. So ST have a big challenge in terms of both service and the quality. In Agrate site near to Milan here in Italy, we are almost 5,000 people. The manufacturing part, so the factory part, is representing almost 2,800 people that are working in different shifts. The rest of the people are more super function as administrative function, facilities, and so on. But the main part is manufacturing. In the manufacturing part, there are, if we want to simplify, three kinds of activities. I stay in my comparison with the cake factory, you know, you
1: have... The cake factory, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Our products are named (laughs) buffer because there are a lot of chips in the same disk so we name it buffer it's like a cake (laughs) in some way
1: so okay funny
0: (laughs) um, yes the first main entity is the process engineering so the one who defined the recipe we really call it a recipe which are the ingredients you need and which quantity you need each of it what you need to mix before and what you mix after then you have the maintenance entity, which is the one who fix your oven if it's broken and define how many hours at which temperature you can use your oven before to break it. And we really have oven in our factory. (laughs) And then you have the production, the operators that load (laughs) the products in the machine, the one who mix the ingredients and really make the cake. So those three entities are working in synergy, but in different shift because the factory never stops. The production never stops, it's working 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. The maintenance, so the one who fixes the machine and the process is not on the same shift base.
1: So Letizia, as I understand, you have three kind of entities within the factory, you have different teams, and they are working on different things in the factory, you are working 24-7 within different shifts. How high is the automation level? So. How much work is manual and how much of the work is automated?
0: It's strange because the site, we have two fabs, so two lines of production that are inside of each very automated with robots and automatic recipe and automatic flow of products, but they don't communicate together in a digital way because our products are very fragile. We are working in a very controlled atmosphere with a low level of dust, controlled temperature, pressure, light level, and so on. So they are like two closed boxes. And so inside, it's very digitalized with automatic reports, database, and so on. But the two fabs can't communicate. It's a bit funny.
1: Letizia, today we want to deep dive more into the topic of Lean. And I want to learn how that was being impacted during COVID. Because on the preparation call, you said, during COVID, you changed a lot. You have had your takeaways together with your team, and you changed, for example, how you work within your factory, within teams. So, how did you run the production within COVID, and what have been your learnings during that time? Of course,
0: COVID changed the rules because if the production and the maintenance, the people who are working on the line, still in the fab, all the support functions had to define a new way to guarantee the support to the FEB, but without be present on site. And for this, COVID was a booster to discover and learn to use new tools to stay connect with the production. But also after the lockdown and when we get back on site, we discovered that those tools are useful also when you are present in the production site because it's a very huge site From one part to the other, it's like half a kilometer. Also, when you are physically present, it's not that easy to be on time and ready to meet people on the other part. So still using digital tools in order to stay connected, also in the FEB, give us more reactivity and more flexibility to be more reactive on the different topics we have to manage with. So we stay using
1: those tools. So as I understand, one of the biggest challenges has been communication and remote work during COVID. What exactly did you do? So did you have to get new software and some other new technology into your team or how did you do it concrete?
0: So ST was already using remote tool, of course, because it's a worldwide company. As I said, different entities was already. Connected to the other side of the company, but it was in a minor way. We managed to use daily tools like Microsoft Teams or remote meetings and so on, and also more digital, let's say, dashboards and so on, because until some years ago, we were still managing the productivity and the efficiency of the Fab with paper dashboards with people that are going into the fab to follow the status of the production. Now we have an electronic dashboard that can be updated in each time along the day or the night or the weekend. Also, if there is no one to do the analysis and you can access to all the data, every part of the site or from home. So it's a huge improvement in terms of efficiency.
1: So on the one hand side, you talk about bringing data which has been on paper beforehand, on monitors, on software that can be used not within the factory, but from home as well. Yes, exactly. You mentioned Microsoft Teams as well. Has this been the new setup to collaborate within the factory or within Teams?
0: It's strange now to imagine another way to go back in an old way without Microsoft Teams or Similar software, and it's not the software, but remote meeting. So to shorten the time between two meetings, because you don't have to go physically from one part to the other. And the easy way to share data, the easy way to share your screen or various file on some SharePoint, on clouds and so on. It's strange to think that some years ago we were working without all of this. Also to do workshop, improvement workshop, We use new tools to make brainstorming in remote mode, to connect with the fab, using the same kind of tool, but in a digital way.
1: Letizia, when you talk about the COVID time, it seems like you tackled a lot of challenges and you actually solved them. You mentioned remote work, improved communication. It could sound like there are no challenges anymore. How is the world looking like for you today? So what is the biggest challenge currently?
0: So if COVID challenges us in find new way of work, the digital tool help us to be closer and more reactive. But there is a, the other side of the middle. So it can create also a virtual distance between people. We have to guarantee, as Lean function, have to guarantee the collaboration, the team spirit, and the work as if your colleague was by your side. This is the first challenge. The second challenge is also digital is an unlimited world. So it's also the open door to confusion, too much data, too much information. And so like a storm of information that is not that easy to manage and to canalize.
1: Okay, so you mentioned two challenges. On the one hand side, it's about culture. Are the people in your factory Being committed to your goals, are they on the same page? And you see a risk in that direction. And on the other hand side, you talk about information overflow. I would like to go a little bit deeper into the first topic. So culture. How important is culture in your team? And which kind of things are you doing to tackle that risk, to not let the culture go down?
0: There is a different approach between generation because, let's say, young generation, are used to use this kind of tool and uh, pretend to use it. So it's evident for them that the virtual world is part of our world, and uh, they are more flexible and it's easier for the young generation to use the tools. On the other side, people with a major seniority are not in difficulty to learn about the tool, but more on what there is behind the tool. And it's important to balance The best practices of each generation and to mix it because we are all working in the same boat let's say we are all in the same company with the same goals and everyone is complementary with the other
1: when we stick a little bit longer with the culture topic and the worker topic so you have people working in your factory and you say it's important to get everybody's opinion on board and you say young people are different than older people and you take the best from everyone, which kind of measures do you have in addition to get the people along, to have them on the same page?
0: This is the hardest challenge because all along your career, along your work journey, you change getting one people on board is not one for all the life and it's okay, you know, you have to put energy into the relationship with people every day. And it was true also before COVID. So this is the main challenge of Lean is also to bring people, as people is the engine of the fab, to bring people always motivated, always giving their best and identify themselves What are the optimizations that we are talking about at the beginning of this discussion? What is the opportunities? Do they see, do they feel in order to improve the factory performances? They are the most important source of improvement.
1: And how can you foster that participation? Very concretely, for example, which kind of tools or routines are you using? Because I find it very hard when I take a look into factories and I see workers working within that factory. Of course, they have their daily business. And then you say at one point, hey, if you have an idea, please use that idea and bring it to your team, for example. And this idea can be used to improve this factory. But when it comes to the daily operations, sometimes there's just no time to do it or no setup, no routine to do that. Do you have a specific tool, software routine? How you foster that?
0: There are several channels to foster ideas. Let's say so inside the daily routine, you have several moments to stimulate ideas and identify challenges to be addressed. At the beginning of each shift, there is an alignment. If the performance is not going well, indicators are not going well, so you have the opportunity to open some workshops to correct deviation and solve problems. So this is the first channel. There is also when you are doing your job and you see, okay, every day I'm losing time doing these things, I have the idea to solve it, but there is no moment dedicated now. There are also softwares available to record your ID and it will be evaluated by the dedicated people in a second way, you know, in a second time, in order to don't lose any possibility of improvement.
1: Okay, so you say you have... For example, a software tool, which is then helping to gather the ideas and to share them with the team. When we come back to the second risk you mentioned, it was information overflow. And I think that fits very well now into the topic. If I assume I have more software, more technology, which I use, you say there is a risk that this will be too much information and you have that information overflow for your team. Did you experience that in the past? And how did you solve it?
0: In the past, as we were using more physical tools like sheet of papers, (laughs) okay, a whiteboard or so on, you had the constraint of the space. So it was less a risk because if you want to put some info in the board, you have to select it because the space is one meter square and that's it. Now we don't have this limit because you just have to switch the side. So... It is a new kind of tool of optimization we were starting to do to really be aware of what we need, only the necessary and all the necessary to be performant and have under control the situation of the production. This is not easy because we were not used to do this kind of selection because before it was more instinctive. It was more evident.
1: And how do you manage that? Because I experience the same when I visit factories. Oftentimes I see different teams or different people working in digitalization projects and they start to put data on monitors and they place it somewhere and you have another initiative where another dashboard is placed somewhere else. And step by step, you have a lot of information in the factory, but nobody has the overarching responsibility to do exactly what you mentioned, to see if it's probably information overflow. So how can you manage that?
0: I'm not sure that we are already manage it well. (laughs) Okay, we are learning. Surely our approach is to ask our customer. What I mean by customer, it's not the one who buy our goods, it's who is using the information, okay? So if we are defining new dashboard on, or BI on similar software. Why do we use it? Why do we want to define this dashboard? What will be the use of this dashboard? In which frequency? By who? Are they trained to use this tool? Are they aware about this kind of data? Are they trained to read this data to make it a useful information? The best way to answer to this question is to ask. Ask the one who is the customer of this dashboard, what do you need? What do you want to see on it? This is not not useful. I will focus on that and help us to define the best way to use all those tools and all those database.
1: Whose responsibility is it to ask that questions, to take the feedback, and to change it? Is it IT? Is it your job? Who is doing that? <laughs> this is lean job. This is lean job.
0: Yes, because we are like the one who connect people that. Don't think about the importance of this connection. And we are the link between all other teams as identifying an opportunity. What do you do that? Why don't you do that? And I saw in another ST site this new way to do what do you think about? So we are stimulating all of the other groups because when you are working in production, you are working the head down, looking at what you have to conclude today, what you have to bring as a result for the productivity, but you don't have the time to up the head and make all those questions. This is our role.
1: We talked about dashboards. You mentioned Power BI. We talked about Microsoft Teams as well. When we stick a little bit longer with the technology, which technologies did change lean the most in the last five years?
0: I think it's not such innovating tools. It's the same of all other activities, but it's how do you use it that can change the efficiency of your work. Everyone uses Teams, but if you use too much or too less or in the wrong way, it is not an added value. For, let's say, more continuous improvement activities, really concrete activities, there are some pull tool or, surveys and so on that can be very useful. And also co-working tools, I don't know how to say, in order to substitute post-it and posters and so on. So you have, for example, already done frame that every connected people can push their ideas on the frame and cluster it according to the goal of the team. But it is the part that I don't like because it is what we said, the risk to separate people instead of get them together.
1: How do you think about the technologies which are right now very much on a hype? On the one hand side, we had virtual reality, augmented reality some years ago. Now we talk about AI, for example, machine learning. Are those technologies where you are interested in?
0: AI is useful. We use it in STI. Not in lean, but in other functions in order to improve our analysis in the effectiveness and so on. And I think we can do without it because there is too much volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity to go through without technologies. So we need technology. But I think we should be able to keep the control of the technology and not the contrary.
1: If we connect the technology topic with COVID, would you agree that? Because of COVID, you and your team are not just adopting technology much faster, but you understand the value behind technology in a new way. So it's a different kind of role which technology plays after COVID than beforehand. Of course,
0: because without COVID, probably we will not have the same level of digitalization as today. So it was a booster, but I don't know if this exponential growth will follow also Without distress, because COVID was a stress.
1: We talked about the workforce, the team, the people in the factory already. Now we talked about technology. When we combine that and we want to bring technology into the team and it should be adopted very fast, how important is training, learning, coaching for you as a lean manager? So, how do you work with your team to get new impulses into the team?
0: Fortunately, I have a team that adapts quite easily to a new tool and is always interesting to learn about, also if I have a very senior team. <laughs> but also in the global organization, according to me, it is not a problem to adapt to technology because there are always who is more confident, more used to use it, that will help who is not. So learning about new tool, it's part of our journey. It's I don't see it like an obstacle.
1: I remember our preparation call and you said after COVID, managers need to manage their team in a new way. So when we have more technology, more monitoring, more data, they could be like a police and control the factory, controlling the teams, but that should not be the case. So how is your role as a manager currently and how did it change due to COVID?
0: This could be the topic of an entire podcast, I think. (laughs) Because we were not prepared. At least in ST we were not prepared to manage people in a remote way. It is mandatory for a manager to develop at the most powerful as he can the trust in his team, which is not easy because when you don't see people, you don't know in which context they are working. If you are at home and they are on site or the, the vice versa. So it was not easy for manager to adapt, to trust that the, it will, everything will go okay. And also from the employee side, they need to perform at the same way. So it was a need of adaptation from both sides that we were not prepared to manage. And in this case, in my lean role, it was not easy to support this change because it was an immediate change from today to tomorrow. So we didn't have methodologies, no tool, nothing ready
1: for this storm. Did your company help you during that time? Did you have coachings or something else?
0: Most of all uh, about supporting people to stay connected and to stay collaborating there was a lot of webinar, and there's still actual huh, webinar to help people to be involved in the same way and feel part of the company in the same way also if you are from home. Now, what we learned, the takeaway of COVID is also that is a competitive and an attractive way of work, the remote work. Because it's an economic way of work. You can have more people with the same number of desks. To make understand, and it's also an economic and ecological way of work because you spend less fuel to go to work. You have less safer way to work from home than go to the traffic and work on Seveso site as we are. It is good for everyone, as for the company, as for the employees. But it have to be well managed.
1: We are at the end of the podcast, Letizia, and I would like to ask you one final question. I would like to take a look into the future. And my question is, how will Lean look like 10 years from now? And which role will the workers have 10 years from now?
0: I hope that in 10 years, Lean will maintain the best characteristic it has, which is to be close from the people. So digitalization has to be an help, but not substitute the presence of people on the shop floor because at the end, you will not produce from home. You produce from the production line also in, within 10 years. So stay aside from the people that are projecting the products is a, a fundamental. I hope we will maintain this.
1: Great closing words. Letizia, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Thank you for the invitation. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening, and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, Companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.